to the Game Buckets Podcast. I'm your host, Ethan Visgon. And uh, I'm the brother of the host. I'm the co-host. I'm David Visgon. Yeah, and, uh, you know, this is something I always wanted to do for a while. And, uh, you know, with all this craziness going on, me and David decided, uh, let's do it now. So, you know, I'm pretty excited, and David is too, to get out some content to whoever's be listening to this. And, uh, yeah. And, you know, Ethan, I, I have to ask, for the sake of the listeners, you know, a lot of people are going to say, well, you know, bunch of NBA players are doing these kind of basketball lifestyle podcasts and all these data heads. So what's your expertise? Like, well, what, what makes you want to say that, oh, I can talk about this? Um, well, you know, I, uh, you know, I played a little bit in high school, you know, I wasn't like a ranked prospect or anything, but you know, I, I thought I was pretty good. I was, I was catching ankles on the graveyard, you know, sending people to the abyss. And, you know, um, I, I wasn't too shabby. And, you know, I love the NBA. And, you know, I've been watching it for years. And, you know, I, th- I think, you know, I could really talk about this. I think I can really be a voice people want to listen to. And, you know, we, um, we are a family of four brothers. Do you think that you were the best? I mean, without question. I was cooking everybody. I mean, you tried to play me, I would leave you 21 to 2 look several, at, several times. Look, look at the highlights. Look, look at, at the, the, I, the award trophies. The war trophies are BS. <laughs> I, they weren't giving out those awards when I was, you know, I was playing varsity. They gave you the participation trophy in JV. Listen, participation trophies, you know, trophies are trophies. It's uh, that's your Drake lyric. I guess, man, but you're still, you're still trash. I only have you in this podcast because I, I pity you. <laughs> so, uh, so without further ado, uh, today we're gonna be talking about. You know, COVID-19, how it's affected the NBA, you know, recent news that it's coming back in some sort of uh, weird style tournament. So, yeah, Ethan, talk a bit about the news. Okay, so, you know, a little bit before the format was released, um, Damian Lillard of the Portland Trailblazers, he came out and said, you know, if when the season did come back that he was not going to participate in any meaningless games if he didn't think his team had a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, so yeah, what did what do you think about that quote? And uh, do you think the NBA ultimately we're gonna discuss in a little bit? Do you think they listened to him when they made the format? Well, I mean, from a practical perspective, you don't want anybody playing um, at all because I mean, we see right now. I mean, as of June sixth, you know, people thought this pandemic was over, but already like North Carolina, Arizona, they're having surges of cases. So I feel like if you are going to have sports coming back, which I think is definitely a net good, uh, you want it to be as safe as possible. And um, I don't want, you know, LeBron to catch coronavirus because, uh, I don't know, like, I don't want to insult Dame, but because, you know, Dame, who wasn't even playing uh, for a chance at a title, got him sick. If Dame, like, heaven forbid, got it. I don't want anybody in the NBA to get sick from COVID, but. You know, you don't want anybody, you want to mitigate risk, and I think this is a very practical way to mitigate the risk. Well, you know, I, the reason I kind of disagree with him, you know, his team, as we know, before the break ended, was, was pretty trash. Uh, and, you know, they had some injury issues and stuff like that, but you had 65 games to get your team into a good position. And now, since the season's canceled, and then you start complaining about Oh, how you don't want to play any meaningless games? How about those other 65 games that you played? Were those all meaningless because your team was stinking it up? Yeah, but I don't think their plan was to stink it up. No, obviously not. I'm just saying that's how it played out. But, you know, I do think, you know, Damian Lillard obviously is a top 10 player, 
top eight player in the NBA. Um, so, you know, I think the, the NBA does want to see him in the playoffs, which we'll also discuss in a little bit. But he doesn't even have a chance. And actually, I think... He, the, but he he does have a chance. No, I, I think the in the board... Are, are they in it? Yes. Oh. They're the ninth seed. Are they the ninth seed right now? I think they're the ninth. So they, they couldn't have been that bad. I they guess. were like seven games under 500. Wow, the West must suck this year. Yeah. Well, yeah. We'll get to that a little bit later. Um. So, yeah. So... Now we can start getting into the format. Um, so, you know, pretty much the NBA decided um, nine teams from the East and 13 teams from the West. But again, to your point, like, why if so we had 65 games on average, why don't you just have the top eight? Well, here, this, so pretty much the NBA, well, there's a couple things here. One, the NBA needs to get their TV money from the national TV deals, and they need to play like 70 games, I think, to get that money to kick in. So that's why they're playing eight regular season games before the playoffs start. Um, yeah, so um, so pretty much. So basically Zion and Ja have a chance to make the playoffs. Ja, the Memphis Grizzlies right now are the eighth seed. And then you have um, the Blazers... The Spurs, the Kings, and the Pelicans. The Pelicans are in eleventh. Um, yeah. So, so uh, pretty much with this new format, they play eight regular season games. After they play eight, after they play the eight games, um, whatever they they evaluate their records on that, and uh, then they go into uh they go to the playoffs. If they're if the ninth seed and the eighth seed are within four games of each other. Um, they go straight. They they go do the little. You mean pl- beyond. If there are if the ninth and the eighth seed are within four games of each other, they keep playing. They put do a playing tournament. Ah. Oh. The eighth seed has to win one game. The ninth seed has to win two games. <laughs> yeah. So there's always comes. There always came up with this question in the NBA. You know, should should the playoffs just be the best sixteen teams, uh, record wise in the playoffs? And I heard a lot of people asking this question. Maybe this is the year that they could try out straight seeding. I want to know what's your opinion on that. If they should do straight seeding, if you agree with it. Because I know LeBron came out before and said that he does not want straight seeding. That was when he was playing for the Cavaliers. So I wonder what's your perspective on that now. Well, I, I don't know. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's what I think. Uh, I, I also, maybe, maybe in years past where the, the talent was really very West heavy. It was like LeBron and that's it. Um, versus the West, maybe it would have made more sense because I mean, so, I mean, truly for like the past two decades, some of the Eastern Conference teams that have made it have just been like truly dismal. I mean, we're Nets fans. I mean, the, back when they were in New Jersey, you know, even yeah, they were when they went to the finals, they had pretty mediocre teams. You know, you fought all this way and they actually beat better teams in the Eastern Conference, but then they would just get smacked by the Lakers. And you know, maybe they would still have gone that far in straight seeding, but they wouldn't have been like a number one or a number two seed like they were. Um, but I think now I, I think the talent distribution is much more fair. I like, even I actually would argue that the West is a bit worse in the East this year, you know, by record, maybe that's just because like LeBron is in the West now, um, and actually has a good second player, which he didn't have last year. But nonetheless, I, I don't know. I think it's fine to have, I think the bigger problem for me is the conferences make no sense. Like why is Memphis a Western team? Memphis is way closer to the East. So it's like stuff like that. I mean, um, 
if Chicago's an Eastern team, why isn't Memphis or New Orleans too? I mean, New Orleans is is you know on the eastern side of the country. Why isn't New Orleans a Western Conference team? And so like that stuff never really made sense to me. So like the whole conference, maybe that's kind of an argument for how stupid and arbitrary this stuff all is. But um, I digress. Well, I don't think they should have done straight seating. I kind of agree with you. I think that if you do straight seating, there essentially would be no need to have any conferences at all. If you keep the conferences up as is, the East is not as good as the West. Like, the bottom of the East is, is really bad. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's so, if you, had those, if you had those teams with the, the East Well, that's teams, not even true anymore, dude. I mean, the Warriors are pretty horrible. The T-Wolves are pretty Other than the horrible. Warriors, but like... The Suns are pretty horrible. The Suns are, are also not good, yeah. Other than the, the, the Suns are actually in the plane. The plane. Yeah, but I mean, I'm saying like historically speaking, I, I I would I think that like the Suns of the past few years, let's for example, even with D Book, have been like among the worst, most poorly mismanaged, like horrific to watch sort of teams because it's just Devin Booker going Kobe brain for three and a half quarters. Yeah, he's a good player though. I mean. No, he's great. I I no disrespect to Devin Booker, but like, um, I wouldn't go so far as to say that. You know, the east, bottom of the east is much worse than the bottom of the west. It's probably a little worse. Uh, I think that most of the, the eastern... Co- yeah, well, I guess teams like the Hawks, who have just been terrible and terrible for going on four or five years now, um, I don't really see how that's ever going to end. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, there are some pretty bad teams. Uh, then Trey Young is a good player. I think, you know... Maybe he'll turn it around there. I'm not really convinced on his impact on winning it, but uh, for now, uh, yeah, so let's move on. So pretty much uh, we kind of discussed who's invited, but I think it'll be a good time now to really um, like lay out which teams are going to be invited. Uh, well, I know that in the East, it's basically whatever the top eight teams were and the Wizards. Um, yeah, it's going to be the Bucks, the Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat, Pacers, 76ers, uh, the Nets, the Magic, and the Wizards. So I assume the only teams that are really in danger are probably the Nets and the Magic. Well, the Nets and the Magic are half a game within each other. Everybody else, I mean... Yeah, but yeah, I mean the, also the... The Sixers, I think, could lose all eight games and probably still make the playoffs, I think. I'm not honestly sure about that, but I think, you know, they're not going to lose all eight games. I think the Nets are in danger of falling out of the playoffs... Especially no Kyrie and no, no KD. No Kyrie and no KD. They got, they got a good chance of falling out. Then we got the Lakers here. We got, for the West, the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks, Grizzlies. And then the playing teams, they got 13. We got the 13 teams. Portland, 9. We got the Pelicans, 10. The Kings, the Spurs, and the Suns. But why do we need all those teams? I mean, if you have 9 on one side, just have 9 on the other. Um, I agree. Well, this is... I was trying to get to this point. I think the NBA, they want to... They, they, to me, it seems they want Zion Williamson in the playoffs over John Moran, which is what I think. Um, why, why would you give them this opportunity? You have 13 teams in the West and 9 in the East. I mean, I get it. The bottom of the West is a little bit better than the bottom of the East, in my opinion. But... Uh, I mean, you still have the Suns. They got them. They have some star power there too. The Kings also got some good young players. I mean, I think it seems to me that. But why would you want the Kings in the playoffs over the Grizzlies? Like, no disrespect to the Kings, but who cares about the Kings? They have been irrelevant for 
going on a decade for already. years and like oh they had like a they were like you know three Two games decades. under 500 last season and that was a success i mean come on but Sucks to do this show when you have a cold. <clears throat> yeah, it's fine. Um, uh, to add to your point, though, uh, I I don't really understand. I I mean, first of all, the fact that the Blazers are not. First of all, it's been two months <clears throat> since we've had three months even since we haven't had any meaningful NBA action, and I've already kind of forgotten all the drama of the year. So props to anybody who still found something to follow on. Like, or I really don't know how you do it. I mean, I haven't even been able to watch The Last Dance, so I've really, like, not engulfed any NBA anything in three months. But I think this makes Lillard's comments, like, all the more shocking because they're actually in the ninth seed. Yeah, I know. They no, do have a chance. Which so, was surprising, but I don't think this is before the form. That was before the format came out, so I don't think he knew what was going to happen. But I think they listened to what he said and they were giving him a chance to get into the playoffs. Because if they went to the playoffs straight away, I feel like he wouldn't. And they were told to play regular season games. He wouldn't have said he wasn't going to show up because there was no, there was no opportunity for him to right, get to, to the get playoffs. In. That, that yeah. makes perfect sense. But they do have something to play for. Uh, well, yeah, money, obviously. But they're a ring too. Now, now, now they do. They have the chance. Yeah. So, how much do you think fans matter? What do you think about? Because I mean, I I hear that they're looking for a way to like you know replicate home court by giving another timeout or. Another foul in each quarter. But I've, I've, yeah, I know. I've seen some really weird suggestions that you know they suggested bringing in the the hardwood floor from the court. Yeah, that was one of the stupidest things I've seen. Just, I mean, just to see your, just for one team to see their logo and not. I mean, I don't want to. I was never like a professional athlete, so I mean, like like you, I played basketball in empty gyms. Uh, so I know that it does suck to play in an empty gym and uh, not to have any fans. I don't want to like ridicule like the notion of a home court, but I don't know. My hot take is I don't know how actually important that is. I think it's more psychological than anything else. Well, that's what I'll say. In my opinion, in the playoffs, there's more pressure on the home team to win yeah. than there is on the, in the, than the away team. The away team coming in has nothing to lose. They're not expected to win that game if they're playing... Unless you're like, you know, the Kevin Durant Warriors where you're expected to win every single game in the playoffs. But also, you're expected to take one at home. You have to, if you're the yeah. home team. Yeah, expect, that's what I'm saying. The, the, there's more pressure on the home team to win than the away team. So I feel like home court advantage is, uh, I mean, definitely fans help. You know, you know, there's a whole the old adage where, you know, basketball players are used to playing in empty gyms, you know, going to AAU and all that stuff and football and stuff like that. There's usually always a lot of people at those type of games, no matter what. But basketball players are kind of used to playing in empty gyms, so I don't. I feel like you know it's gonna be a weird thing to watch on TV. Um, you're gonna hear the players communicating a lot more on the. But I also hear they want to use uh, like 2K sounds. Yeah, I mean I don't know. It's kind of it's it's weird. Um, is it gonna be how many people are gonna be broadcasting one two? Because I don't know if they're gonna have to socially distance from each other. I don't really know. I mean, if they were smart, they should just they should stream everything on Twitch or in addition and get people like the NBA right now needs to make up for for all the lost revenue. And I think that you know, unlike you see, like Major League Baseball is struggling to even figure out how to make a schedule. 
And so far, I don't know if football is even going to be impacted by this because, you know, by the time September rolls around, they may have a perfectly fine situation in America, which I hope. I don't know how true that is, um, unfortunately, but I, I do hope that's the case. Um, but you see the NBA and even like the MLS, which I know a lot of people still aren't warming up to in America, but they've thought of very creative ways to kind of alter the schedule and give something new, give something competitive. I mean, we saw the NBA do this during the All-Star game where they just completely switched the format, but they did it with the input of the players, and they did it very carefully, and that was basically the only good All-Star game I've ever watched in my lifetime. I mean, that was so fun, so competitive. Everybody's trying to, you know, just go off. Um, and, you know, I think that maybe maybe they, they're onto something, too, here. Maybe they're onto some, some gold. I just don't really understand why 13 teams from the West and one... Like, why do we need those 13 teams? And if you want it to be Zion, just make it 11. Like, the Suns aren't going to make it an 8. Like, well, yeah, I don't know why, Why? what was the factors in them deciding to choose. Well, I'll tell you what it must be. It's that the Suns must be at least 8 games behind. So there's like a mathematical possibility yeah. that they'll make it. That, you know, the Grizzlies will lose all yeah, that, that was That was why they did it, yeah. Now you're... But, I, even, yeah. but even still, I, I mean... That's just, you're adding five teams that don't need to be there. That's 50 players. That's, you know, a bunch of coaches, many of whom are elderly. You know, all these team yeah. staff. You're sending all of them to quarantine in Walt Disney. and Or is it Las Vegas? It's, it's uh, Walt Disney. Right, it's it is Walt Disney. But, well, MLS is also having their tournament in Orlando, too. Yeah. In July. So, everybody's going to go be in Orlando. And I just don't really see, if you're trying to mitigate the risk and you're trying to prevent people from getting sick, I don't see why you would do this. I also think that they should, anybody who's caught leaving their team should be disqualified. Like if they don't announce why they're leaving, if it's like obviously an important medical issue or whatever, it's fine. But it's very important for the sake of the viewers and for the sake of the league that nobody gets sick right now. If everybody's quarantined properly, you give them two weeks to isolate. And, you know, it's one thing if this thing just never gets off the ground or if a team or if a player just can't play because he's sick with COVID, that's one thing. If, you know, some guy wants to go party you know, in Florida, I mean, Orlando, what is there to do in Orlando? It's uh, it's not like Miami, but I'm sure there's stuff to do. And so, or, you know, if somebody's trying to, like, hang around or mess around in Orlando or, you know, go hook up or whatever, you know, his team should be disqualified. Like, there should be a, a zero tolerance right from the beginning because the last thing we need is to be in a very competitive environment and then find out that, you know, Let's say, you know, as a Nets fan, like Spencer Dinwiddie gets sick with COVID. You know, nobody wants that. We don't want anybody to get sick. We don't want this tournament to get shut down. Because I remember when the, the news came out that, the, like, four Nets were sick. And I was like, oh, now we got to check the Lakers. Now we got to check these people. got to check these people. The whole thing was crazy. And, you know, so, yeah, I just, I the one thing I have to say about the NBA is I think that they've been really thoughtful and considerate. And to credit Adam Silver, I think that... um his decision to shut down the NBA, I think, showed how much he, like, how much he understood the ramifications of this pandemic because people were laughing at him, people were ridiculing him. I think that, you know, the only people who were ridiculing him realized that wait a minute, like, if he's shutting it down, he must understand that this problem is going to be pretty bad. Um, so I definitely think the NBA's had their, unlike the baseball, for example, I really think they've had their pulse on the floor about. Well, I won't say all the four. They've really, they've really been, you know, feeling the vibes of this whole uh, pandemic situation. I think they've done a great job to their credit. I just don't really understand. Like, you, you. I think you would want to mitigate 
the risk of disease as much as possible now. Yeah, no. So there's a couple of things I want to ask you here now. Um, so Adam Silver at first came out and said that they did not want some of the elderly coaches on the bench because of you know the risk of the pandemic, and you know that is the most uh, at risk age group. Mm-hmm. And then he walked back those comments a little bit later because you know. The co- some coaches came out and said, you know, it's, if it's our decision to coach, it should be our decision. We should not let anybody, you know, discriminate us over age. I, what are your thoughts on that situation? And uh, also, uh, what are your thoughts on that situation? Yeah, let me just ask you that first. Um, well, I think that if a guy wants to coach and he knows the risk, it's, you know, it's his life. Uh, there's nothing you can really do about that. Um, and again, if everybody's quarantining properly, there really shouldn't be a problem. I think that probably two weeks before the plane starts, they're going to be quarantining. And then the day before, they'll check. They're going to probably test everybody for COVID and make sure that nobody has it. And if they don't, that they're fine. As long as they keep quarantining, as long as uh, the food people who are there quarantining, they'll just have this nice NBA resort. I think it'll be a really cool experience for them to like, you know, they'll all be kind of playing games against each other. And I imagine they're going to be in the same vicinity afterwards. So that's just going to be a really interesting sort of vibe to have. I mean, you know, the only thing I can really think about that's kind of similar is I know that when, like, elite chess players have these super tournaments, they're all living in the same hotels usually, so they see each other, and they're always getting dinner with each other. I mean, very competitive when the stuff is actually going on, because you don't want to give anybody an edge, but, you know, when your games are done, you just go, go to the pool, see this guy, you know, hang around, look at some games, uh, watch some soccer. I think it could be a very similar vibe, and I actually think that the NBA, for being such a league of camaraderie could benefit from that um and the coaches too i think that you know this is offered really opportunity for a lot of you know team building and you know going to war and obviously i don't think some coach wants to miss on that um because this is his livelihood too i mean you work all your life to coach in the nba and i i agree and you know i would i would think you know most of these coaches have have been professional players either on the college level or the nba level i would argue that they are more healthy at their age than most 70 year olds but at the end of the day I so i think you know obviously i don't think that unless the nba came out and explicitly mandated no we're not having you on the bench um it would be kind of kind of messed up but i they wouldn't have a choice at that point but i feel like if a coach wants to coach he should be able to coach i also i mean here's the thing that's true on the other hand we also have to be real and say that this pandemic is like disproportionately affecting old people and even young people are getting blood clots strokes people who are completely healthy even athletes uh are getting really sick from this it's it's pretty unlikely but it's still happening i think the the fact that they want to hold a tournament period to me means you either need to go all the way or you don't do it at all because nobody wants something in the middle you know nobody nobody wants to feel like they got cheated because the fact of the matter is we already are going to feel like we're getting cheated out of something. You know, the, the rowdiness of the crowds. Uh, well, I also, sorry to cut you off. I do want to point out that I think I've heard that, you know, Adam Silver said if one player tests positive, they're not going to cancel the season. So they're going to move forward. Right. Um. Here's the thing. So, okay, yeah, we're not going to cancel. But then one guy maybe gets the rest of his teammates sick and then the whole team can't play. And, you know, maybe they were hanging out in a hotel. I mean... The ramifications of one guy getting sick, it's not something that he can promise. I think that's that's just him saying that to say it. But the fact is, if somebody gets sick um, and, you know, it's found that he exposed others, the season's probably over. 
No, you're probably right. Um, so you know, I want to go back to uh, this get this like you know outline the NBA has um provided for what the schedule for this next month is going to be and the beginning of the July. So June fifteen, players are uh located internationally are going to return to their team's market. June twenty first, all players report to their team's market. Then June twenty second, coronavirus testing begins. Wow! So they're going to test immediately. Yes, and I think they're going to test every day too. June thirtieth, training camps begin, and then July seventh, players travel to Orlando. Right, and then I imagine they'll be testing like every day. Every day, in Orlando. So. Part of the reason that they have this 22-team format is they want to make as much money as possible. Of course. While mitigating the risk of bringing, you know, if they brought all 30 teams, that would be a bigger risk. And honestly, does anybody want to see the Knicks fight for a playoff spot? <laughs> or the the Warriors who are 15 and, four, and 45 or something? Well, the teams that are mathematically eliminated, yeah, there's no point for them to come. Yeah, but like, you know, let's say they decided to do 14 regular season games and then, you know, the Knicks could possibly have a, a chance does anybody want to see the New York Knicks fight for a playoff spot? Honestly, other than the crazy delusional Knicks fans, who wants to see the Knicks but it's, yeah, I mean, fight for a playoff the, spot? The statistical probability is so and low. Here's just, I, and the same thing goes, honestly, for the Wizards. Like, I don't care about the Wizards. Well, they're John, Wall, John Wall is, is not playing. Confirmed. I do not care about the Washington Wizards. Even if they have a chance, I'm sorry. They're a joke. Please miss me with that. They are well, twenty four and forty. They can still make it though. They can still make it, but who cares about the Wizards? Honestly, like Wizards fans. Other than Wizards fans, like and yes, they have Bradley Beal, who's a thirty point scorer. Obviously, is a star in this league. Future net. Possibly, we'll discuss discuss that in a later podcast. <laughs> um, I don't care about saying the Wizards in the playoffs. So then why, we'll go just go back to the original question. So do you think that they just should have done top eight both sides and called it a day? I would say yes. But I the reason why they didn't is because I feel they want Zion in the playoffs over Ja. But I would argue that I feel that Ja should make the playoffs now because, you know, Zion is Zion. He's going to be a star whenever he's playing. Right. The, the NBA fans who are, who are casual fans... Who don't watch nationally televised games all the time and stuff, and they, they don't have the channel to watch the Grizzlies all the time. They, I feel that they should see Ja playing now, so they know how good he is and how much of a stud he is when he plays, and he, that will build up his star brand more than people who you know Zion is you know crazy good already and like you know there's already buzz about when him winning rookie of the year he's only played like 20 games you know i disagree with that no it's going to be jock we'll get into we'll get into that at another time but what are your thoughts on that the point that i just brought up what do you think they should do with Zion and Ja? well we already see what they're doing there's... well what do you think what what is your opinion of what should happen as like rookie of the year no as in who 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 should the the fans see more now to build up their brand more now in that sort of aspect. I mean, from a drama standpoint, I think that Zion's kind of the underdog because people were saying, yeah, he's number one, but he's going to get hurt. And then he got hurt and said, oh, so he's going to be a bust. And he came back and was, you know, kicking butt like everybody, all the, you know, educated scouts of the league were always saying he would. And then they're saying, oh, yeah, but he doesn't have this. So um, Zion, I think it's it's really, it's the world is his. I think that the, the roof um, of his talent is basically limitless it's as far as he wants to go um I mean, obviously there are injury concerns but 
to me, he's always going to be a favorite. That being said, I think that Ja has just been, you know, an absolute killer. Um, I mean, he torched, you know, the first game that he, he played the Nets, he had, like, 30. Yeah. He completely took over that game. Yeah, he also, like, as a rookie, like, basically outplayed Kyrie, and that was, like, really cool. So, you know, the hype is real, especially for a guy he's not – he didn't come from Duke. He didn't come from, like, yeah, UNC, Kansas. And he was Murray like, State, man. Yeah. From, yeah, Murray State, which is, like, a, like a low-ranked D1. So, in many ways, he's kind of like Steph Curry in a way. Um in that sense, that he's kind of also like a more legitimate underdog, but you know, I I honestly think what I, that you know they'll market who they want to market. I feel like Zion just because he was the number one pick and already had the injury concerns, you know, his comeback so thunderously that he kind of has the momentum. But you know, don't sleep on the Grizzlies, man. They're they're building something special. You even look at their roster. You know, it's just a bunch of young, athletic, hungry guys. No, yeah, I agree with you. Yeah, no, they're a really good team. I mean, they had like the whole grid, like the grid and grind era, like with Mike Conley and no, they didn't. Well, ultimately. They made the Western Conference Finals one time. They were a good team, but I they, they weren't, weren't great. They, they weren't great. They were not like a threat at all, in my opinion, to win anything. But they 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 fought some really good teams. They, I mean, no, they they played well so, a lot of times, but no, they, they that was a good era. You know, Zach Randolph was cooking people. Yeah, Mike Conley, underrated, very underrated team. It's just a shame that they didn't make it. I mean, they they got close, um, but I think that I think Jock could really take the Grizzlies. You know, to the Maybe I don't know if they they'll win a ring with their roster even if they develop. I still think they need some more pieces, but I think that um, they have a good team. They got a really good team. They do have a good team. All right, so, uh, but yeah, so I I do want to get into this now where, um, how these schedules are going to turn out for some of these teams, and you know how you know it's really it's not going to be that fair. For, you know, some schedules are going to change. And, you know, for some teams who had, you know, would have been having one of the hardest stretches of their games. Like the Grizzlies had the hardest schedule in the NBA before uh, the res- remaining season, before the season got got canceled. Um, and they're going to have a different schedule now. Um, and it's going to be a little bit more difficult. So I want to look at the Nets schedule here, our team. Yes, we are Nets fans. So they're... The next eight games would be against Golden State, the Clippers, Sacramento, Washington, Boston, Orlando, the Clippers, and then Orlando again. So, but no Golden State now. No, so there will be no Golden State, and no Golden State, and then Cleveland. And then we play Portland. So the Nets have a kind of a difficult schedule. I mean, playing the Clippers twice, I do not expect to win any of those games. Um, and listen, I love the Nets. I would not be surprised if they fall out out of this format. But that would require the Wizards to win like a ton of games. The Wizards would have to win a ton because they're like five games behind now. They have to they have to get within four of the eighth seed, so they really just gotta win at least. They gotta win a couple of games. Uh, but there are gonna be some schedules that are easier than others. What do you have to say to that? There are gonna be some fans crying, you know. Out saying, you know, this isn't fair. My team is getting robbed. There are some people being like, wow, this is really easy for my team. If they're on the cusp, then they can make it into the playoffs. What do you think? What do you have to say about well, that? Well, you know, look, people are going to be going to Orlando. There's no home court advantage. There are no fans. Uh, people are going to be out of shape. You know, it, it's not like it, it's basically like the season ended. This is like the equivalent of like, you know, finals are over and we're reporting to training camp in August, September. So that's it's that length of a break. Like, guys are going to come back, they're not going to be warmed up, and they're basically going to be expected to play while getting tested, you know, while, you know, being around their entire team, you know, not being in their homes. It'd be completely different. So I, I think that you really can't predict anything. 
I think that's what's going to make this really fun. I actually, I think that there's probably going to be a dark horse team. Basically, my opinion about the playoffs is, you know, no disrespect to the Lakers because they're great or the Clippers are t or the Bucks, ton of great teams. But in my opinion, the team that gets the most momentum out of the door is going to win the finals or at least get there. I think that whichever two teams can really just click the quickest will have a really good shot of going all the way. Yeah, I agree. And I think we're, you know, we're going to get into that a little bit later in this episode. But um, so the, another thing that comes up is, you know, the NBA season um, is going to end. Obviously, October 12th is the, the date that is the last possible date. But there's a report at Woj, I saw him just say on, on TV the other day that the season is going to start up again December 1st. Yeah, so it's like no break at all. That's like six, six weeks. And then, then they're going to be, and because pretty much even less because of training camps and stuff like that. So for an older team like, you know, the Lakers or LeBron, having such a short off season, I do not think it's going to be good for a team like that. I was just like, I'm curious, what are your thoughts on having a short off season? Um, such a short off season in general. Yeah, I just want to know what's your thoughts on that. Six weeks. I think that um, why not just move the season permanently? Okay, something happened. To when, like December first? No, just move it from whatever it ends up being. So let's say we had a three months offset, and normally we start in October. So like, do the season from January but to October. That's the the problem is though that they do not want to. Uh, they want the season to end in time for the twenty twenty one Olympics because the Olympics got postponed too. Ah. Um, so the Olympics have been postponed to 2021 this summer, and they do not want... They want the players to go to the Olympics, which right. I actually think is a good thing, because, you know... Nobody went to FIBA. Nobody went to, nobody went to FIBA, because, A, I don't think FIBA is as valuable as a tournament. I think, you know, those star players will come to the Olympics. To the Olympics. I think, you know, Kevin Durant wanted to play in the 2020 Olympics, it was reported. Um... So I think, you know, he'll, if he's feeling healthy by, by 2021, he'll definitely play. I would love to see him play in USA. Kevin Durant is my favorite player. Um, you know, he's a god. I love KD. Um, yeah. So, you know, for this, this last part of the podcast, I just want to, you know, talk to you about, you know, the NBA season is going to start up soon. Who are your dark horses or teams to watch out in this playoff or even, you know, that are on the cusp that are going into the playoff tournament? And who, what is the team you think will get end up with that A seed in the Western Conference? Um, in the Western Conference, I would say that the Grizzlies are a pretty safe bet to stay there. Um, I wouldn't sleep on the Blazers. I know that there's a bit of a gap there. Um, but uh, I think it would be really cool to see them there, especially, you know, I just want to see Melo again. Uh, really want to see Melo again. Because uh, uh, Melo's been pretty sick on the Blazers. You know, he's, he's contributed way more than pundits thought he would, uh, which is always nice to see, you know, pundits just be quiet and, you know, just, just actually enjoy the enjoy the basketball. Um, I will also say, at least in the Eastern Conference, my dark horse is the Nets. I'm not just saying this because I'm biased. I just know from experience watching them as a fan for the past three years that they're really good at clicking with chemistry very quickly, more so than a lot of other teams. You know, I think that, well... On the other hand, we don't have Kenny Atkinson as the coach anymore on the Nets, which could be a huge problem. But at least when they had Kenny and they had the bench guys, you know, when, let's say, D'Angelo Russell was out last year or Karras was out last year, that the guys found a way to click super quickly. Um, and I think that if they can still recapture that magic that 
you know, just given how quickly the playoffs are going to start right out of the bat, I think that can really help them. But obviously, I think at this point, just because it's so new, you know, the strongest teams are just heavily favored to win, you know, and like we can't kid ourselves. The Bucks are an incredible team top to bottom. Very well coached. Same thing with the Lakers. Very well coached. Very well constructed roster. So I wouldn't really be uh, too shocked by a Bucks lakers finals, in my opinion. But I would say my dark horse for the playoffs is definitely going to be the Nets. And uh, I think for the playoffs, I also wouldn't be surprised to see the Grizzlies go pretty far. Because again, they're young. They're hungry. Um, and I think that given how short the season is and how much they have, you know, if they can just get a strong start, they're really going to be unstoppable. Um, yeah, so I disagree with you about the Nets. Um, you know, I think, you know, Kenny Atkinson, say what you want about him. He was a good coach, but not the right coach for that job. Uh, but now we have Jacques Vaughn. I'm sorry, please. We are, I, I don't even think, honestly, there's a chance that we do not make the playoffs, in my opinion. I, I, I love the Nets more than you. But that would require, come on, first Dude. of all. Second of all, that would require... I just think that's very statistically unlikely. Um, it's very. I I I think the Nets will make the playoffs. I do not buy their chances as a dark horse. You know, I think they're gonna get bounced in the first round. They play the Raptors because KD Kyrie are not playing. So um, who, who would be your dark horse then in the East? In the East, um, it's not really a dark horse, but I believe the Celtics. Yeah, they're not. They're, a dark they're, horse, they're not man. a dark Come horse, on. but they are. You know. A younger team, and I feel like with something a situation like this, younger teams will benefit yes, better. Yes, I, I can definitely agree with that. They need less time to warm up. And they don't need as much time to warm up. You know, you're talking about a team like, you know, the Lakers. You know, LeBron is 35 now. Uh, there's a lot of older players on that team. They're going to need more time to warm up. At least, you know, that's historically that is what history will tell us. So I wouldn't be surprised. Um, honestly, my Dark Horse pick in the West would be the Dallas Mavericks. Wow, really? Kristaps Porzingis was just coming to his own before the break ended. That's true. Um, and, you know, I think he's, he's gotten even more time to rest now. I think he might be a little rusty when it starts. And Luka's just a year older. Luka is too. so good. And then Tim Hardaway Jr. is is playing really well for them now. You know, now that he's not asked to be... He's not asked to be... Like the main... A sport. first option. He's a third option. And he's shooting 41% from the three this year. Playing really well. Um, they lost Dwight Powell to that Achilles, uh, but they still got some good players. JJ Barea, you know, still contributing. Still cooking. Still contributing. Shout they out got, JJ Barea. Um, Maxi Kleber, pretty good. Um, they got they got some good players on that Dallas team. I would not be surprised to see the Dallas Mavericks go far. They would have to play the Clippers as of right now in the first round. The Clippers also, I feel, the will, Clippers are definitely will, a favorite. Will be will be affected, but they are also an older team, not as old as the Lakers. But they, I think they'll be a little bit slow to cook up. But in my opinion, the dark horse would be the Mavericks. And my favorite to get out of the West is the Clippers. And I mean, so, their logo is literally a horse, too. So how fitting. Yeah, no. And, uh, yeah, no, you're right. That was pretty corny. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. Um, I, I do think the Clippers will get out of the West. And for a team that I think could get into the eighth seed, listen, I love the Memphis Grizzlies. I think they're a great team. Um, I don't know how if the season would have played out if they would have made it. They had the f- hardest remaining schedule in the NBA with those twenty games left. So I think they're still going to be playing but high. They're, they're pretty secure, just at least being a play in. Well, must... they have to. They they have to be within. I don't know how many teams could be in. I think it's it's possible if all those teams could, if they all win enough games, 
to get into the Lowe's, you're saying it's like it'd be a four person playoff. Whatever whatever team is within I think I might be wrong about this, I think or I think it might be whatever team is within four games of the eighth seed will go into a playing tournament. If the in the team in in the eighth seed needs to win uh, it'll be like a best out of three series, the team in AC needs to win one, the ninth the team in ninth needs to win two. I don't know how many teams will be in the play-in. I think it, I think it potentially I think it's gonna be up to ten because mathematically, uh, if these teams play each other, they're not gonna be able to uh, be all of them. All of them, but I think it could be. I think up to in the West, it could be up to ten teams. I think. Wow. Uh, the, into the play-in tournament, which will make for some uh, some great TV. Really interesting drama. Yeah. Really interesting drama, and you know I think this is the a kick that the the league needs. But my pick, my pick. Would be, um, the Blazers. You know they're getting Nurkic back. They're gonna get Collins back. Really, Nurkic coming back? Yeah, they're gonna get That's both awesome. those players back, which they really desperately needed really before needed. the season started. The Blazers are a good team. So yeah, then am I? It, I, I think, didn't realize. That, listen, it's been like three months since I followed basketball. That's part of why I wanted to do this podcast. So I can start following it again. But you know, if Nurkic is coming back, um, then I really, yeah, if Nurkic is coming back, Collins is coming back, then there's really no reason to think that. The Blazers won't be the dark horse because they were a really good team. They last made the year. conference finals last year, and they added Melo. Which they added Melo. You no, know, Dame Dame Dollar is a is a beast. CJ McCollum's a great player. Melo's still cooking. Uh, he does what he has to do. Yeah, but I think the NBA wants to see Zion in the playoffs. I mean, the Suns and the Kings. Uh, they're fodder. They're fodder. Get out of here with that. They're they're um, no, they're literally just so everybody can get a free win. Who cares? Who cares about the Suns? Please tell me who cares about the Suns. Yeah. They're trash. Suns I mean, are a joke. They, I mean, the problem. With, I'm gonna get to the Suns right now. Um, but yeah, that's that's my pick. Um, I think the Blazers or the it'll be the Blazers or the Grizzlies for that eighth seed. With I think the Pelicans have a shot too because they were playing they were playing really well when Zion came back. I think they have a chance. Um, but uh, I guess we'll just have to wait and see. We have to wait and see, and you know. So I have one last question for you. Yep. Who's your MVP candidate? MVP candidate? Uh, you know, I probably wanted to save this for another podcast episode, but, you know, quickly abbreviated. Uh, I would have to say uh, Giannis is the MVP. I know LeBron, LeBron is playing on such a high level right now. Obviously, we've never seen anything like this since this year 17. But in my opinion, he's disqualified from that. Because um, he has Anthony Davis? Because he's playing with Anthony Davis. I mean, obviously, your team is going to have a good record when you have Anthony Davis yeah. and LeBron James. Giannis is carrying that team. Chris he's not Middles, carrying them. He's carrying that team. I Chris, wouldn't go that far. He's pl- he's the number one without question on that team. Right. That, that's Middleton, true. That, I Chris, would... Chris Middleton is a good player. In my opinion, he is not all-star level, but I think Giannis okay, has backs. turned him into all-star level. He is a great player. Clearly, he's a great player. But obviously, when you have a team like that, in the first seed, you're going to have to have multiple all-stars on that team. Right. And Chris Middleton gets elevated to that spot. I do like Chris Middleton a lot. He is a great player. I do not think he is an all-star level player. But he is a good player. And he is the number two on that team. And they have a good that, team altogether. That's the only thing I would agree with you on. That that with the Lakers, you could make a case for Anthony you, Davis being the number one guy. But I don't think you can make any case on the Bucks that you know Giannis, Giannis is top dog there. And it was kind of the same argument with like James Harden last year. That you know James Harden was the, like he was like the clear number one guy on the Rockets last year, like, you know, and two years ago. So that's when everybody was making these MVP arguments for James Harden. It was the same idea. So and I think I w- also I would like to point out the Houston Rockets are in the sixth seed. 
they lost six straight games before the break ended. So they really needed a break. I do flat out do not believe in the Houston Rockets anymore. You know, they made that switch to small ball. Um, it looked good for a while. They won a lot of games in a row. Then they started the team, NBA appears to have figured it out, and they just started losing like crazy. Do not be surprised if the Rockets stink it up even more, honestly. But James Harden has reportedly, I've seen pictures of him, has lost a lot of weight, and he looks more in shape now. I feel like that maybe could help. Maybe he won't gas out as much in the end of games. I also don't think really know, though, uh, if that's a mental thing or not. J- while we're on the topic of James Harden, uh, there's a report that uh, he got his jersey retired in a strip club for uh, spending a million dollars. So just, shout out James Harden for giving back to the community. That's just uh, some legendary type of stuff right there. Yeah. Thanks for listening to the first episode of the Getting Buckets podcast. If you have any suggestions, feel free to follow us at GetBucketPod and or email us at GettingBuckets111 at gmail.com. And we will see you next week.